Motherboard is brought to you this week by GitHub. GitHub is the best way to build software together. Whether it's your company's app, your favorite open source library, or a weekend side project, GitHub helps everyone work better by providing tools for easier collaboration and code sharing on any device. Start collaborating today. Open source project hosting is free. Learn more at github.com. This is episode nine of Motherboard, brought to you this week by GitHub. I'm Catherine Rotundo, and today's guest is Kelly Sheeran. Kelly is director of marketing at GitHub and has a four and a half year old son. Hi, Kelly. Hey, Catherine. How are you? <laughs> Good. How are you? Yeah, doing great. How was your weekend? Yeah, it was really good. Um, lots of Halloween prep. So, you know, buying pumpkins for carving and, you know, uh, putting up spider webs and other interesting decorations. My son is really into Halloween this year. So I'm trying to make it, you know, pretty fun celebration. Oh, that's awesome. We also bought a pumpkin this weekend, but um, I'm in a country that doesn't celebrate it. I'm in Germany. So, <laughs> um, so it's kind of sad. Like he doesn't really know what Halloween is and he's all, all he knows is that it's spooky. Um, yeah. I wish that I could take him trick-or-treating at like 5 p.m. and show him, no, it's actually just fun and you get candy. <laughs> yeah, and you get to like pretend to be something special. Yeah, I, I, Halloween was magical for me when I was a kid, so my I'm trying to make it like equally as magical for my son. So what's he going to be this year? He is going to be Batman. Awesome. <laughs> He's very into Batman. Um, and <clears throat> I'm going to be uh, the new Miss Marvel from the new Miss Marvel series. So we're going to be superheroes together, and it's going to be pretty fun. That's really sweet. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That sounds so It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, too. <laughs> All right. Well, when you're not carving pumpkins, you are doing marketing at GitHub. So um, can you tell us a little bit about your job? Yeah, sure. So I've been with GitHub now about 19 months, and um, I head up our marketing team here, kind of focusing mostly on product marketing. So a lot about um, understanding what we're building and what the story is and what we're building, the kinds of people that we want to talk to about our products and about um, the stuff that we're working on, and then figuring out from a like tactical standpoint, um, how do we go out into the world and get people excited about using GitHub and, and our other products? Do you, do you mostly market to engineers or to like decision makers at the companies that hire the engineers or both? It, or? <laughs> yeah, it's a combination of both. I mean, a lot of it is marketing to developers. Um, you know, we very much are building a product for developers. And so it's a lot of talking to them, getting them interested in um, using our product. And then we, we have a product for companies, um, which isn't quite as old as our as GitHub.com, which is our SaaS product. And for that in particular, it's a combination of talking both to developers and to people who are making decisions inside companies um, and trying to figure out, you know, which things each of those groups cares about and what it looks like for, um, you know, a group of developers to try to bring GitHub to work and how do they get their boss to say yes and be excited about bringing in a new tool set. So that one is is pretty interesting because, you know, it's it's a new audience for us and we're, you know, trying to think about Within that world in particular, how do we stay different than other, you know, enterprise uh, software companies and have a really different voice and persona to our marketing materials? 
That's really interesting. I feel like I know engineers who fall like either way, either they are totally maverick and reject all process and want to do things their way, or they're totally into process and they love like the order and logic Mm -hmm. of commuting. And maybe people are kind of internally at odds with both. But um, I imagine it can be difficult for a developer who like sees what a great thing GitHub is and wants to bring it to their workplace to convince other people. So it's cool that you are making stuff that they can use for that purpose. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think in my mind, it's pretty cool that the product has this kind of grassroots support for it, particularly inside companies. Um, you know, I talk to a lot of developers who are, who kind of feel like they're leading this revolution inside the place that they work to get their company to start using GitHub. And I like really have an affinity for that. You know, this (laughs) idea that like, you want to be using a better tool. So you're going to like, you know, get your fellow people together and like stage an uprising and, you know, get your company excited about using a different product. And um, yeah, so it's definitely something interesting to think about. And I think with GitHub as well, what's interesting about it is, um, you know, it supports a variety of ways of working. Um, You know, we, we have perspective on workflow ourselves um, and something we give a lot of talks on, but if you're using agile or a particular flavor of agile or some other, you know, internal software development process, the tool itself is pretty flexible to kind of help people, um, you know, in the ways that they're trying to build and ship code. Oh uh, yeah. That's a really good point. And I'm guessing also on the other end of the spectrum from like the engineer who's leading their company to adopt something like GitHub, there's, um, there's the totally junior engineer who's kind of freaked out about what distributed source control is. <laughs> and um, are, so is your department also responsible for the materials that sort of teach people? Yeah, so we have a really amazing training team internally um, <clears throat> that produces a lot of our education materials. And it, within marketing, we work pretty closely with them because I think um, the more high value content you can have, the better off your marketing materials are, you know, because you're not just like esoterically or abstractly talking about product features, but you're actually enabling people to make sense of them and to use them effectively. So our training team does a combination of, um, you know, web-based training. They speak at a lot of conferences and events. They also go inside companies and help people think about using product features or how to, you know, kind of uh, modernize their workflow. Um, so you know, th- that's a big focus of, of that team in particular, but it's really amazing to get to work with them because they're producing such great stuff about GitHub, but then also about Git itself. Yeah. I really loved the, um, I think it was uh, in coordination with Code School, a um, sort of like a tutorial that you could walk through to learn mm-hmm. Git. Um, yeah, try Git. Yeah, which I um, I discovered far after I had first needed to learn Git, and I wished mm-hmm. I'd had it at the time. It's so great. They're definitely doing good work. Yeah, it can be a bit daunting, um, for sure, you know, just conceptually thinking about it. But, um, yeah, they're, they're, they do an amazing job, I feel like, of demystifying it and helping people figure out how to level up as Git users, whether they're entry level or, I guess, more pro level. Yeah, I, I totally agree. <laughs> they're doing a great job. So what brought you to GitHub? Yeah, so before I worked at GitHub, I worked as a brand and product strategist for a really small consultancy, um, and it was trying to help a variety of companies figure out how to have a really strong connection between 
the kind of core experience of their products and the work that they were doing externally around um, kind of uh, branding and marketing. Um, I, I sort of think that like a, a strong connection there is really critical because the work that marketing does cues people up for all the experiences they're going to have with your company. And that's often facilitated through the products you have or the things that you're building. And as part of that work, I always use GitHub as a really solid example um, because the connection there is really strong. And I feel like the kind of upfront experience you have with GitHub at a conference or a, an event or reading um, the marketing materials or a blog, it has such a kind of strong personality to it. Um, it cues you up really nicely for what it's like to actually use GitHub.com or GitHub Enterprise or, you know, any of the other things that we're building. And so um, I was a longtime fan and, uh, you know, I'm sure talked off, talked to many people's ears off about how they could be more like GitHub. Um, so, you know, at the time, um, consult working as a consultant uh, is a really intense job. Um, traveling all the time, I was basically only home on the weekends. And as a parent, uh, after two years of that, it just got to this point where I just never felt like I was around for my son. So I was looking to make a change. At the same time, GitHub was looking to bring on somebody new for marketing. And it just sort of, you know, all the stars aligned and it worked out. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. As a kid, were you technical or like at what point did you decide that you might want to work in tech? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I studied uh, systematic theology in college and in grad school, which turns out is not a super employable profession <laughs> um, unless, <laughs> unless you want to you know, sit around and discuss how people form systems of belief. Um, and it was, it was more, I, I guess it was more of a personal journey for me, like fundamental questions that I was trying to figure out. So I got out of college and was like, I need a job. So I decided to teach myself how to build websites. Um, you know, I remember like, you know, just pouring over books and just trying a ton of things out with HTML and CSS and PHP. And that was sort of the start for me of, um, you know, thinking about tech and thinking about how I might be involved with it. Cool. So uh, you were at a different company when you had your son then? I was. I was working for uh, a company in Boston when I had my son. Oh, I'm from Boston. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, I loved Boston in the summer, but the winter was miserable. Yeah, it's um, brutal. Yeah, and after three years there, I was like, I don't ever care if I see snow again. <laughs> so <laughs> I got out of there. Um, and yeah, it's a great town, but I, I'm not a cold weather person. Okay, so um, I would love to talk about sort of your pregnancy and your leave and, and whether it was totally ordinary or, or what ordinary <laughs> meant for you or, or whether, you know, there was anything particular that went on. Um, how did it all go? Yeah, so um, my pregnancy was a surprise, um, a, a, a great surprise, but a definite surprise. Mm -hmm. And um, I worked through my pregnancy. It was actually pretty funny because I was um, working on a major overhaul of uh, the website of the company that I was working for, kind of our primary marketing site. And it was a complete redo, both from the backend infrastructure um, and front-end design. Everything was totally new. And I kicked off that project about the same time I found out I was pregnant. And wow. so it was kind of this race to see, like, what would happen first? Could I finish the website and ship that project before I went on leave? Um, and so, you know, it was like I, I was almost giving birth to two things, this massive, massive kind of 
undertaking on a professional level. And then my son, um, you know, so it was, it was a really interesting time for me. Yeah. That sounds, um, that sounds really stressful. <laughs> were you, yeah. um, like, were you well enough to, to handle that challenge? Did you, were you sick at all or? Yeah, I wasn't too sick during my pregnancy. A little bit of morning sickness at the beginning, um, but I I was mostly just like deeply uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like uh, you know you have body parts swelling and your stomach is constantly growing bigger. Um, and I really like have these fond memories of taking public transport in Boston and like crossing my fingers that I would get on a train where there would be a seat. You know, yeah. so I didn't have to like stand up and try to balance with the massively, you know, pregnant stomach toward the end. Um, so yeah, I mean, I was still able to work and, uh, and ended up shipping the website. Um, and my son was two and a half weeks late. Um, so, you know, everything finished up on a work level before I had him. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was a, definitely a stressful time for sure. And was it close? Did you finish the website like <laughs> in that last month? Yeah, I finished the website um, like mid January, and he was born February tenth. So oh, it was wow. like down to the wire. <laughs> yeah, that's um, really close. Yeah, but it was also hard, you know, because like um, I built this website and then immediately went on leave. Um, so you know, there was like all of the maintenance of the site and all of the things that I kind of wanted to continue to do with it. I sort of had to put on hold while I was on maternity leave. So. Um, you know, it, it was just, it was a, it was an interesting time and interesting to try to figure out how to navigate like all of these kind of competing responsibilities and competing things I felt like I should be doing. And were you the only one who could do those sort of updates? They, they couldn't be handled by someone else while you were out? Yeah. So, um, the website was built with a content management system that was pretty intuitive for people who weren't technical. Um, but you know, there, there was a pretty big product roadmap for that website that got put on hold until I came back from leave. I see. You know, which wasn't the worst thing in the world for anyone. I mean, you know, the, the website launched and, you know, people were able to use it effectively and interact with it. But it was more for me that like starting this thing and then being like, okay, I'm going to put this on hold for a while, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So how long did you take off? I took 12 weeks off. Okay. So like the FMLA, uh, basic baseline. (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) What were your company's policies around it at the time? Were they pretty standard? Yeah, I had um, four weeks paid leave from the company and then uh, six weeks of short-term disability, um, which there's kind of a bummer around that because it's a percentage of your pay. You don't get your full pay for that. Um, And then I ended up using two weeks of vacation too, so two weeks of paid time off to kind of stack it all into 12. Yeah. I think a lot of people end up cobbling it together that way. Right. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, um, it's definitely interesting to, to figure out how all of that works because it, it ends up sort of being this weird combination of things. And, you know, you have the, I mean, it's like you have the responsibility to, and I think to yourself and to your child to like take off and decompress. But at the same time, it's like, ugh, I'm only getting 60% of my pay and this is really challenging. I, yeah. I just, I remember it being, um, yeah, in it, in like an interesting and stressful time in trying to cobble all of those puzzle pieces together. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I only got two weeks of paid leave, oh so gosh. I, um, I feel you on it. It was, 
Yeah. I don't know if people talk about that stress a lot that, um, that new moms, you know, they're, they're supposed to be at home enjoying their time with their baby and, and recovering their body. But actually something like not having a salary during that time can be a real stressor. So I'm glad you mentioned it. Uh, and, and you were healthy, he was healthy and you went back at 12 weeks. Um, yeah, I did. I, I, um, I had a really hard delivery. Um, Mm. and so my recovery during my maternity leave was pretty rough. Um, and uh, my son surprisingly was 10 pounds, six ounces. Um, and I am like five feet, three inches tall. So yeah. And, um, you know, the kind of pervasive theory in Boston at the time was that they really wanted to default to natural childbirth at all costs. And I was like, cool, I'm super into this. Um, I had my like hippie birth plan and like my music playlist. And I was like going to do this natural, beautiful childbirth thing. Um, and then 36 hours later, oh. I was still at five centimeters. <gasps> And I was like, cool, this is not going to work out. Um, so I had to have a C-section and, um, you know, ended up um, with a lot of complications from that, was in the hospital for a week. Um, so for me, it was like uh, my my maternity leave, obviously, like you're learning to be a parent, which is wildly disorienting and you're sleep deprived and everything's weird. Um, but I also kind of had this physical recovery and this emotional recovery at the same time because... I think in a weird way, I felt really disappointed in myself that I wasn't able to go through with like my dream birth. Um, and then it was like every day kind of trying to heal and get better. Um, I, I lived in the top story of a tri-level house in Boston. Um, and the laundry was in the basement for the first couple of weeks. I wasn't allowed to go down up and down stairs. So I was like, cool. How do I like, you know, you're just trying to figure out how to refunction, I think on all planes, um, which can be really overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I really want to talk about, about you, but we're, we're having so many parallels that I, I want to say too. I, I also had, I had medical stuff going on during my my maternity leave, I had my gallbladder removed and a hospital stay and, uh, like couldn't get in and out of bed easily. And mm-hmm. there are just, yeah, there are other complications that you may not anticipate like physically that, um, cut into the, the experience of your maternity. Right. Leave. I'm sorry that you <laughs> went through such a difficult delivery. And I, I've had friends who've done, um, who, who've, gunned for natural childbirth and had, um, had things not go to plan. And mm-hmm. I, I've seen that be, um, really hard a number of times. I feel like there's something our, our culture needs to somehow change its expectations because it's very hard on moms who, you know, for medical reasons, can't go through with the plan. Right. <clears throat> yeah. For me, weirdly, I, it ended up being this early lesson in like, letting go of what you feel like is normal, mm. you know? Cause for me, it was like, I remember reading all these books and I was like, your body can handle this and natural childbirth is normal. And then when I wasn't able to do that, it was like, what's wrong with me? Like, am I weirdly abnormal? You know? Um, mm. And I think the same, in my experience, the same thing has happened with parenting, right? That like, 
for some reason we have these collective narratives around what's normal and what's not. And when something happens that's outside the realm of that, it creates this kind of weird crisis of confidence. At least it has for me in several occasions. And I, and, and so I feel like this constant theme since the beginning of, you know, my life with my son has been like, okay, like, there isn't maybe such a thing as normal. Like there's mm-hmm. what works for you and you kind of have to figure out how to make these pieces work. But everyone else, like each person has their own experiences, you know, and they've got to like figure out what works for them. Um, and I think, I don't know, I've been talking to some friends about this and I feel like we just do ourselves a disservice by buying into this whole idea of like things in this column are okay and things in this column mean you're a failure. Yeah, for sure. So I want to talk more about your travel, but first, uh, I want to take a break to thank our sponsor who happens to be your employer, GitHub, um, who can help you, even if you're a student to learn to ship software, like a pro, there's no substitute for hands-on experience, but for most students, real world tools can be cost prohibitive. That's why GitHub created the student developer pack with some of their partners and friends to give students free access to the best developer tools in one place so that they can learn by doing. If you or someone in your life is a student over the age of 13, head over to education.github.com today to find out more and sign up. Well, so you were in this job in Boston and you had to travel a lot, you said. So um, I, I didn't have to travel a lot for my job in Boston. Um, so after my son was born, I worked for about another year and a half for the company there and then transitioned to um, my job uh, as a consultant. Oh, and so, okay, okay. So, yeah. And it was as a consultant that you traveled. Yeah. So my, one, uh, my son, let's see, uh, that was September 2012, I guess. So my son was a, like a, a year and a half when I started traveling a lot. Um, I did travel some for my job in Boston. Um, but you know, like once I became a consultant, that's when I was on the road basically every week, only home on the weekends, which was really rough. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. um, so I'd love to hear both about the travel that you did before, um, you know, for, for the job in Boston, the very little travel that you did, um, and, and how you handled being away, like during the early times yeah, and then also how you handled being away at for sort of longer stretches. Sure. So, um, when my son was, um, I guess it was about seven months old, I moved from Boston to Texas. My parents were living in Texas and I just had this weird thing. I don't maybe it's not that weird. I guess it's probably normal, but I just really wanted to be near my mom. Um, Mm. she's this huge source of strength in my life. And I was this new parent, (laughs) unsure of anything that I was doing. And I would call her all the time and be like, uh, is this right? Like, please help me understand this. And I just, I wanted her to be able to come over like on the weekends and to spend more time with her. So I stayed, uh, working for the company in Boston. I was their first remote employee. Um, but I think they were still unclear quite how remote could work. So I traveled out up there about one week a month, uh, and then worked from home the other three weeks. And it was really interesting. Um, I was still breastfeeding at the time. Um, and my son 
had a, a pretty severe dairy allergy. And so I wasn't able to transition him to any sort of uh, formula and he hated all of the soy based formulas. So, um, I, <laughs> I was like the weird person who would go through TSA after a week of being gone, um, with this massive freezer bag full mm-hmm. of breast milk. And they would be like, what is this woman doing? Like, just keep on going. We don't want to deal with this. And yeah, so I, I did that for a year. Um, of like being gone, pumping, uh, and hauling like breast milk from Boston back to Dallas, Texas. Um, so that was was an interesting adventure. Um, yeah. And then transition to consulting. Uh, I might, I'd weaned my son at the time. Um, yeah. And, and that was really challenging because I loved my job. Like I deeply, deeply loved that I was doing what I was doing. I loved the work. I loved um, the companies that I was working with, but I just, it wasn't sustainable. You know, it's like, um, you're trying to balance this pendulum swinging between professional responsibility and like parental responsibility. And I was really like, felt like I was really excelling in my career, but it was at the sacrifice of being a mom. Um, and yeah. it was just, it was really challenging to, tr- to try to figure out how to do that. Um, you know, and at, at the end of my time there, I was just like, I, I can't keep doing this. I, I have always wanted to be a person that worked. Um, I've always wanted to have a job, but, um, you know, I have this little guy in my life that I need to take care of too. And so, um, yeah, it just, it wasn't something that could, I could keep doing forever. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of amazed at how much you did it and, and so early, but it makes sense when you say that you were really in love with the work. Yeah, I was. And at the time, um, you know, I was, I had a partner, um, but I was the sole um, provider, I guess, financially mm. for the family. And so <clears throat> I didn't have kind of the luxury of being like, do I want to stay at home um, or do I want to cut back to part time? Yeah. You know, I had, I had to keep working and had to keep going, obviously not there. And I ended up, you know, changing jobs and coming to GitHub. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really interesting. Um, I'm, I missed a lot. Um, there's definitely a lot of regrets I have from that period of just not being there for things. Um, you know, things that my son did or milestones in his life, uh, you know, me not being around. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, um, speaking of Halloween, um, I hate looking at the videos from my, my son's second Halloween. We were still in the States back then, but I was working at a startup Mm-hmm. And we were trying to launch something and I just had to work that weekend. So, um, my husband took my, my son out to a park and there are all of these beautiful videos of him, like on a fall day, leaves, colorful leaves blowing all around him in his little costume. He was Max from where the wild things are. And <laughs> yeah, so he's got this little wolf suit on and you know, he's just toddling around at the park. And every time I see those videos, it makes me so sad because I know what I was doing that day and it wasn't at the park with my kid. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's hard. Um, I don't know. I was, I was talking to a coworker who just came back from her maternity leave here at GitHub. And she was saying how she just feels like her loyalties are always torn. Like she wants to be the best parent in the world and she wants to be the best employee in the world. And she's 
like, I don't know how to do both. And I was like, I don't know that that feeling ever goes away. At least it hasn't yet for me. Yeah. So, you, know, you feel like it's weird. Cause, um, like, I don't know. I don't know if it's just a thing with me or a thing. A lot of moms go through who are working and trying to parent, but you end up being weirdly critical of yourself and that you think I should be doing more for my son, but yet I should be doing more for my job. And you get in this weird spiral of like, Oh, I'm not doing either. Well, you know, and, um, yeah. You just have to like take a deep breath and like pull yourself out of that, you know? Yeah, it's true. I mean, if I look at it in in this sort of rounded way, like my husband was a grad student at the time, I was supporting the family, of course, working at that job, which I also really liked, um, was all part of the the big picture of what we needed to be doing at the time. And I'm I'm glad that you know there are many things um, that I'm glad for about the fact that I have kept my career active and that my son sees me as someone who, uh, does what I do, you mm-hmm. know, but, um, but yeah, it doesn't, it still doesn't take away <laughs> the the pain when I like, you know, just when I see those videos. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> yeah. And it, the hard thing for me at the time too was, um, so I had a, a all of my college roommates um, lived in Dallas except for one, and we all kind of had kids at the same time. Um, and all of them quit working and stayed at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that also was really challenging because, you know, they, of course, were like posting videos and sharing photos of them doing stuff with their kids during the day. You know, like you said, yeah. you know, your husband was at the park with your kid. Well, they were at the park with their kid, with their kid. And I remember feeling really, um, oddly detached from all of them. Like the things that we had in common kind of started becoming less and less, um, because we were each having very, very different experiences of parenting and it was kind of hard to relate to each other. So, you know, that also I think was, um, was something that was hard and it kind of put me in this place of like, okay, how do I find like a support group of peers, um, who are also kind of trying to balance this work and parenting thing at the same time so that, you know, when I, when I need someone who I can vent to or talk to about a challenge, it's not like, uh, I don't know what you're talking about, you know? And, uh, did you find that and where? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it comes and goes. Um, there's people in my life who, um, definitely feel that, but, um, you know, I, th- I think it's something that is always evolving, um, you know, cause people's circumstances change so frequently. Um, and I think, you know, I've kind of recently embarked on this new part of my life of becoming a single parent, um, mm-hmm. uh, over the summer. Um, and so that's kind of added a new wrinkle in. So, so when I, you know, I felt like I, I got this great kind of group of, of friends who were moms who are also working. And I'm like, cool. Um, where do I find people who are now doing the mother working, but also a single mother? Cause that's like a, you know, an added layer of, um, challenge and interesting, you know, things to try to sort out. Yeah. I, I totally imagine. Um, so yeah, I'm, I, I'd love to talk about, um, support and what sort of support you've had at, at different points and, um, and talk about what it's like for you now in, in this new phase. Um, but first I'm curious when you went back to work, um, did your son go to daycare full time or did, um, your partner take care of him? Yeah. So, uh, when I went back to work, um, I got a nanny Okay. And she, um, she was amazing. Um, she watched my son, uh, during the day and, um, and it was, 
I guess for me, I just, I, I wanted him to be with, with one person and I really wanted him to be at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she came to, to our home and watched him there, um, until he was, uh, three and a half. And then he kind of started going to more of a school, a preschool, um, you know, where he could kind of socialize with peers and then she still helped watch him as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, and he's still in preschool now. You don't have to think about school till next year, right? No, so he's in preschool now. Um, so he goes to preschool during the day, and then yeah, he starts kindergarten in September of next year, which is so crazy. My like little baby is growing up. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, school um, is going to add, and uh, I don't, I haven't even figured out how to navigate that yet. No, I know, um, I know, because it's not all day. Like no, it, right. <laughs> In a sense, yeah, these early years are easier <laughs> because mm-hmm. you you have the full day in daycare. And um, I, I don't know, does Texas still have half-day kindergartens or is it at least like a nine to three kind of day? Yeah, so so I just moved to San Francisco. Um, oh, okay. and Yeah, and the school system out here is wildly complex. Um, <laughs> there's a lottery system and... Yeah, you you basically you know ap- apply to schools, um, figure out where you get matched up, so your your child can be in a school anywhere in the city. Oh, um, you know, that so it's not seems so crummy, right? So you know, you could live in one area, but your kid could be in school across town, um, and uh, so you have to figure out how to get them there, which is you know interesting, um, and then how to pick them up, obviously. But yeah, I'm um, I. I think he can go to kindergarten until either two thirty or three. Okay. But then I still, you know, now like single parenting, I've got to figure out what does that look like, and um, you know, probably um, will either look at maybe an afternoon nanny or um, you know, talking to a couple of friends here in the city and seeing if we want to do a nanny share. Um, I have a couple of friends who have son- kids that are the same age as my son, so I don't know. It's like it's always evolving, right? Like one one moment when you feel like you have it all figured out, this new phase is imminent and <laughs> yeah. disrupts everything you've sorted out. Yeah. Yeah. You're always on your toes. (laughs) (laughs) I feel that way too. I feel that way. Um, also because, uh, I have no idea where we'll be next fall when my kid starts kindergarten. So, (laughs) um, yeah, this, it's a big nebulous, scary thing. And all I know about it right now is that I need to save up the strength and energy to deal with it when it comes. Right. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so, all right. So you, um, you had the support of your partner at first, you moved to Texas so you could have the support of your mom and Mm -hmm. it sounds like you had a bunch of, um, friends around. Um, have there ever been other parents in your workplaces that you could talk to about these things or not really? Yeah. So when I worked as a consultant, it was a really small company. It was just me and one other person. So not, yeah, not as much there. Um, but there's a lot of parents at GitHub, which has been great. Um, and my son actually goes to school with a couple other kids of GitHub parents, which has been really nice. Um, you know, just to be able to say, Hey, like I'm running late from this meeting, you know, could you pick up my son and I'll meet you at your house? Or, you know, can we organize some sort of, um, you know, swap out of babysitting or things like that? So, um, it's been really great and I've been really kind of appreciative, particularly coming from Texas where I had my mom and dad to San Francisco. Um, it's been really nice to have 
other parents around who could help and who I could help as well. Yeah, that I'm, I'm actually really envious of when I, when I first got in touch with GitHub about sponsorship for this podcast, they were like, Oh, do you want to meet all our moms? And then suddenly I was in contact with like, I don't know, half a dozen. There are so right. many. Um, and you know, when I became a mom, I was the only woman at my <laughs> company. Yeah. <laughs> like there, there wasn't anybody else. Um, there was one, I'm, I'm lying. There was one woman who worked in accounting, but mm-hmm. like, you know, like 25 person company, the two of yeah. us. <laughs> and, yeah. um, I would have, I, I don't know. I just think it would have been so different to go to work with a bunch of other people who were kind of in the same life stage as me. Right. Yeah, it, it is. Um, it, I, yeah, I feel really lucky to have that. N- not only just with like the support, but, um, to have people that you can compare notes with, you know, yeah. um, it's really nice. Yeah. Um, and are, have there been communities outside of work that you've found really helpful? Um, you know, it, either like just informally the, a small group of friends or, um, you know, like, I don't know, baby swim class or, or something that you always looked forward to? Not as much. Um, I tried to go kind of to a few parent groups, um, <clears throat> but I don't know. I just, I found them personally to be a little bit challenging. Um, mm. They felt the, the few that I went to, and I realized this, this is by no means all of them. They felt weirdly competitive. Like, oh my kid's doing this thing. Is your kid doing that? And I was just like, I don't really care, (laughs) you know? Um, so that, that part, um, hasn't been as much. It's mainly been, um, you know, friends that I've had are people that I've kind of met along the way. Okay. Yeah, it is. Um, I, I do think making mom friends is, is more complicated. It's more complicated than making normal friends because it has to be Mm -hmm. like, there has to be compatibility with your kids. And there has to be compatibility with you. And then like, I don't know, all of these other factors, like, uh, you know, if, if one of you works and one of you doesn't like, does your free time fall at the same time? And, oh, it's just, it is so complicated. Yep. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) but it's nice when you find like mom friends that you can, um, relate to. Well, cause I think, <laughs> I think it's good to have people, it's good to have people that you can be real with, you yeah. know, um, just because parenting is really hard. Um, and working yeah. in parenting is equal, it, it adds, it, it's also very hard. Um, and I think sometimes I've felt pressurized to kind of put on that like strong face and be like, I'm doing this and everything's fine and I'm not bothered by anything, but inside I'm like, you know, so to be able to have people that I can be like, ah, I'm stuck on this thing and I don't know how to fix this. And just who can be sounding boards, um, uh, particularly in the past few months of my life has been incredibly important. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how you've been getting through this, like how, who, what, what kind of support are, are you leaning on? And have you put any systems in place that have helped you get through it? Yeah. Um, so that was a big reason why I moved out to San Francisco, um, you know, just to kind of get away from, um, get away from some things, but then also, you know, just, um, GitHub's offices here. So Mm -hmm. I, 
I was working remote for them, which was really amazing. Um, and they don't have any sort of kind of location requirement uh, for my position for most positions here either. Um, but I just, I, I wanted to be, I really wanted to be in the office and around people during the day. Um, so, you know, I, I chose to come out here and kind of start over in a new city. Um, uh, it's been really interesting. Um, you know, I, Trying, I think the biggest thing is just trying to figure out how to do it all, and mm. reminding and reminding myself that it's okay when you can't. Um, yeah. So you know, I have I have a really amazing babysitter who comes on Friday night, so I can go out with friends to dinner, uh, which has been great. And oh, fantastic. Um, you know, you just, uh, I, I think people here have been pretty accommodating and understanding that like, um, a lot of times I can't go to eating activities or I need to leave the office by a certain time cause I need to go pick up my son. Um, you know, and, and I've kind of like figured out how to cobble my schedule together that I can take my son to preschool in the morning, come into the office, get work done, leave to go pick him up and really disconnect, um, uh, for dinner and bath and bedtime and story time. And then if I need to, you know, I can get things done after he's in bed or kind of take care of myself. Um, so I feel like I'm settling into a routine, um, you know, but st- still kind of trying to figure it out. It's it's interesting to go from um, being in a partnership with someone where, you know, you, you sort of have, a, I don't know if 50-50 is the right word, but you know that, like, you know, if, if you need to focus on something else, that other person can take care of your child to going from everything falling on you. Right. Yeah. I am. I I don't have a lot of firsthand experience with it, but I I did solo parent this summer while my husband was away consulting for a couple of months. And Mm -hmm. I, um, I mean, I just developed this new appreciation for like going to bed at the same time that my kid did. (laughs) Cause like if I needed to be, well rested the next day. Like the only way to make that happen was to, to be sure I got every moment of sleep that I could. Yeah. And I mean, it's even like funny things you have to learn. Like this weekend I went to the grocery store with my son and I was like, cool, we're going to get groceries for the week. And he really wanted to get a pumpkin for Halloween. So he obviously picked out this amazing pumpkin that was pretty big. So, you know, we have the cart, we're going through the store, we get all our stuff and we come out and I'm like, I have more groceries than I can carry. And I have this pumpkin and this like four and a half year old that I need to shepherd to the car. I was oh, like, no. I, I don't like, I don't, I don't know how to do this. You know, it's like, yeah. so, um, it was just this moment of like, okay, I, I this is like a relearning moment, you know, cause, um, normally if I had been shopping with my partner, like he could have carried two bags and I could have carried two bags and we could have helped each other with a pumpkin. And I was like, <laughs> nope, <laughs> I've, got to, like, I've got to figure out how to get all these things. So, um, yeah, it's just, you know, you, you have to like relearn a lot of patterns and, and basically kind of relearn your life. Um, and at the same time, you know, figure out how to like be strong for your kid. Um, yeah. I know it's, it's been, it's been really interesting. Um, I've learned a lot about myself, <clears throat> which has been really good. Um, and I think, you know, I'm obviously still learning <laughs> pro tip, <laughs> buy less groceries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or park closer. I don't know. <laughs> so, um, so do you have any other pro tips <laughs> that you've, uh, accumulated over the last, last few months or over the last four years? Um, 
yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's a couple of things, things that have lessons that I've learned myself. I don't know how widely applicable they are. Cause I think every person's situation is obviously different, but, um, I think it's a couple of things. One is like just the importance of being patient with yourself and giving yourself a lot of grace. Mm. Um, uh, I, I think that's really hard to remember to do because you have like the, per- per- excuse me, you have the pressure of performance at work and then the pressure of being a parent um, and all those pressures can combine. And I think um, it's easy to be hard on yourself and it's easy to to kind of measure yourself against the standard that's impossible and completely unattainable. So just, I don't know, trying to be kind and patient with yourself and if, you know, if not everything's going okay, it doesn't mean you're, you know, horribly awful parent or horribly awful employee that, you know, like you're going to figure it out. Um, so I think that's been really important and something I try to remind myself, like, just breathe, like be kind to yourself. It's going to be fine. Um, so I think that, and then, I don't know. Um, I think it, for me too, it's just a lot about like embracing the evolution. And Mm. I guess what I mean by that is, you know, we talked a bit about how every stage is different, you know, two is different than four. And I know five is going to be different because my son's going to start school. And I don't know, it's like in other areas where once you learn something, you, that knowledge is sustainable and you can kind of bank on it. I feel like with parenting, it's not true. (laughs) You know, you like, you reach this level and you're like, cool, I've got this. And then you suddenly don't. Um, and I think, I don't know, you just, you've got to embrace that ambiguity and that roller coaster and find people that you can talk to about when it's hard. Um, I don't know. I don't know if those make sense, but no, those, those are, are some awesome. things I've definitely learned. <laughs> those are awesome. And, you know, I hadn't thought to to compare it this way before, but I feel like as tech workers um, in our jobs, we're pretty used to things changing. You know, like mm-hmm. this year it's, I don't know, jQuery. Next year it's Angular. Next year it's Backbone. You know, like right. um, we're used to things changing and constantly having to slightly adapt and, and learn new skills. So... Uh, so maybe there's some way to tap into that and apply it to our parenting, but I completely agree with you that it's definitely, (laughs) you you do have to keep adjusting and it keeps you on your toes. Yeah. Well, it it has been a pleasure talking with you. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was really fun. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that wraps up this episode of motherboard. Thanks again to our sponsor, GitHub, for supporting parents in tech. To sponsor or support the podcast, visit motherboardpodcast.com support. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons license, and you can learn more about it at motherboardpodcast.com about. Last but not least, all views expressed on the podcast are individual opinions and not representative of any company. Thanks for listening. Best wishes for a happy work life and happy parenting.